A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild, but do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is The Major's Well. Hey Majors, welcome back to the show. This week, I thought I'd introduce a new series looking at deviant magic capitals of the world, and I decided to start with Mayong in India. But first, let's look at what deviant magic is. Following on from last week's episode around black magic as a term being highly problematic, I decided to change the original title of the series that I'd chosen, that of Black Magic Capitals. I'd thought of all sorts, from baneful, which didn't work, as this word it tends to get used in relation to poisonous plants, I'd thought of evil magical capitals, but that was problematic in that it looks through a lens built from Western morality and potentially monotheistic viewpoints. Also, what gives us the right to judge other societies' forms of magic? I said it in my hexing episode that to look at this type of magic in a judgmental way could be coming from a place of privilege. So, I came up with the name Deviant Magic Capitals. Now, the definition of deviant from the English dictionary is, quote, departing from usual or accepted standards, especially in social or sexual behaviour. It's quite a good fit in that it doesn't bear judgment in the same way that evil does, and it doesn't hold issues around race that black does. So, from here on out, I shall be referring to black magic as deviant magic. Now, Also, let's define Mayong, which is difficult in its own right. Officially, a village called Raja Mayong. There's a second village called Burha Mayang. Mayang and Mayong are used interchangeably. 
The area is also called Mayong, and its borders and reach have shifted vastly throughout time. So when looking into Mayong, I chose to look at it as an area. And now that I've set all this up, let's look into the mysterious land of Mayong. Located in the northeastern Indian state of Assam, a region famous for its tea plantations, the fact that it's one of the richest biodiversity zones in the world, and as well as its many archaeological sites, Myong lies in the centre of the Assam state in a district called Moragam, on the banks of the Barmaputra River. The origins of its name, Myong, aren't really known thought possibly to come from the Sanskrit word Maya, meaning illusion. It could also be taken from the word Myong, meaning elephant in the Daimasa language. Myong may have derived from Ma'anga, Ma meaning mother and Anga meaning body part, specifically the vagina, known as Yoni, relating to the mother goddess. It's interesting to note that nearly every village in the vicinity of Myong has a shrine to the folk mother goddess in various forms. Now, according to Edward Albert Gate, who wrote A History of Assam, the people of India, quote, used to call the inhabitants of Assam as sorcerers and magicians, and consider them as standing outside of the human race. Now, to the people of Assam, the most powerful of magicians and sorcerers amongst them were those from Mayong. Alongside tales of healing and exorcisms, of leaves transforming into fish, of divining the future with broken glass and seashells, there's also rumours that the jungles around Mayong are inhabited by the spirits of those who have practised deviant magic. Tales of people disappearing in the night and of others turning into strange beasts. Narbali, or the practice of human sacrifice, was prevalent in the area, as well as tales of wild beasts being tamed with magic. It's also a common belief that people in this area keep forest spirits called Bira and Danai within their homes that can be employed for the harming of others. Myong is also surrounded by swamps, believed to be the courses that the Barmaputra started and then abandoned, which has stirred up local superstition and legends as to why. Benadar Rajkawa, in his book called Assamese Popular Superstitions and Assamese Demonology, recorded some of the strange happenings that have reportedly taken place within Myong. Quote, a tree stands, although cut through, and falls only when the enemy whom the mystic wishes to injure comes up to it. A cooked pigeon, when eaten, becomes alive inside the stomach, and flapping its wings incessantly kills the man. When a man eats rice and milk, this is never digested, but takes root in the stomach. He dies within six months. A rib of plantain leaf is turned into a snake. Now, the fact this area was so rich in magic was thought to be due to the fact that the kings of Mayong, as yes, it was once a kingdom as well, traced their lineage to a god called Gatuad Kutch, who was the son of Bahima and the demoness Hadimba. Now, as he was half-demon himself, 
He had several magical abilities, that of flying, being able to decrease or increase his size, and also the ability to become invisible. It's thought that under the kings of Mayong, magic in the area blossomed. Now, several dynasties have ruled the area over the centuries, each one diffusing their own beliefs around spirituality. Seven religious sects have been active in the area, including Tantra. Check out my Kali episode for more info. Combine this with the fact that northeastern India has over 130 major tribal communities, some of which are located in Mayong many of which have had to relocate on multiple occasions due to erosion by the river, Mayong has been shaped by its geography, but also by various tribal and non-tribal peoples who have left their imprint on the culture of the area. It's said that over 100 magicians and witch doctors live in this area today, though once upon a time it was thought that every second person was a magician. Locally known as an Oja, a Beige, or a Bez, they believed that their powers were inherited from their ancestors. Almost every family in these villages has supposedly had magical manuscripts handed down to them, which today have either been thrown on the magician's funeral pyre, thrown into the river, or hidden away. The local museum is working with local peoples to collect and preserve these manuscripts. Do we have historical references of Mayong? We absolutely do. Now, in the Hindu epic of Mahabharata, a philosophical and devotional piece of literature with over 200,000 individual verse lines, making it roughly 10 times the length of the Iliad and the Odyssey combined, this piece is a vastly important piece of text within the Hindu tradition. Now, this epic actually makes a reference to Mayong and describes it as an inaccessible magical city, always shrouded in mystery. According to Muhammad Kazim, who wrote a chronicle called Alamgir Nama in 1668, within which he documented the reign of Aurangzeb, there were a few military campaigns against Assam, the state where Mayong lies, that had failed under odd circumstances. In the year 1667, the Mongol Empire wanted to expand its control over Assam. General Raja Ram Singh was selected for the job, but he was nervous regarding his mission. He'd heard tales of Assam, particularly the strange tales that came out of Myong, so he took a powerful guru with him, who also recruited five other Muslim saints to add to their power. Despite the general's forces being larger, the might of a powerful empire behind him, and a handful of magical practitioners, he lost the battle due to weak naval tactics on the Barmaputra River. But he managed to escape with his life, whereby previous potential conquerors had not been so lucky. Muhammad Kazim, our chronicler, made a reference to another conquest taking place in Assam in 1332 or 37, according to some sources. Now, this conquest was led by Muhammad Shah. According to Kazim, an army of 100,000 horsemen simply disappeared without a trace or explanation. In all, the Mongols lost 17 battles over the years to Assam and failed to fully conquer it, further adding to the region's mystery. Throughout Assam's long history, those invading brought with them magical practitioners so as to counter the deviant magic of its malefic sorcerers. The area also has ties to a kingdom called Kedali, 
identified with Myung, it was ruled by a woman named Kamala, and with the support of her sister and ministers, Kamala was a powerful ruler and an expert in magic and witchcraft. Now, magically speaking, the area is known for its use of mantras. Jan Gonda, a professor of Sanskrit, described mantras as, quote, a general name for the formulas, verses, or sequences of words in prose which contain praise and are believed to have magical, religious, or spiritual efficiency. They are recited, muttered, or sung in the Vedic ritual and which are collected in the methodically arranged kampura of Vedic texts. Practitioners also combine these mantras with local plants. Now, there's some within Mayong who believe that a person has to be Tula Lagna born, or a Libra ascendant, in order to have a natural magical ability with the mantras. Now, some of these mantras include the Babandha mantra, which revolves around the idea of imprisoning, the Luki mantra grants invisibility. Uran Mantra, which when recited allows the user to walk long distances in a shorter amount of time. The Malshra Mantra grants the user an immense amount of power. There's one account of a user being able to stop a moving car. We've got the Man Mohini Mantra, which protects and deters aggression done against you by calming the perpetrator. There is the Bahut Bakai Karan Mantra, that can be used to tame or control ghosts and evil spirits. And the Thali Logawa Mantra, this is used as a pain treatment as well as a therapy for snake bites, just to name a few mantras. The mantras around snake bites, they're still in use, as well as a common back pain cure, which revolves around a bell metal platter. Just a side note about bell metal, it's a combination of copper and tin melted together to make bronze, and according to Ayurveda, it's a health-inducing metal that should be used to cook, eat, and drink from. Now within the back pain ritual, the patient sits down while water is blessed and sprinkled over them. Their back is wiped down, and then dirt is taken from the floor and traced around the bowl while chanting mantras. The plate is stuck to the patient's back and the chanting begins again, with dirt being thrown at the plate that's still on the patient's back until it falls off, whereby the patient is said to be cured of their ailment. Alternatively, a nail is banged on the plate. Pain is said to be eaten away by this plate, and if the job is too big, the plate will shatter. There's a lot of accounts of people being healed within the village, and having watched footage of this taking place, I found it really interesting at the angle that the plate was stuck onto the patient's back. It wasn't affected by gravity, and couldn't be replicated by non-magical people. Now, a lot of the medicinal preparations within Myong often come from a book called Balja Amar. The book is a collection of magical and medicinal formulas compiled by Gangaram to Sildar and was first published in 1927. Another common practice is that items can be found by placing a flower in a metal bowl and saying the corresponding mantra. The bowl is said to move along the ground and to stop where the item can be found. But saying these mantras isn't enough. Extensive rituals need to be performed beforehand in order to add to the mantra's power. Ramesh Trandranath, a retired teacher, recounted his childhood experiences of witnessing some of these magical acts, one of which was a tiger captured through the use of magic by the local magician Muhiram Oja. A three-day process 
He wouldn't drink water during this period, and protective mantras would be chanted until the tiger was captured. Once done so, a bishban would hurt the tiger and render it vulnerable. I couldn't exactly find out what a bishban means, but I'm guessing it's a type of spell. Now, Ramesh also knew of a magician that had the ability to kill with his magic. Now, upon his death, his family burnt his manuscripts. One mantra is called the Kalam Mantra, and it can be used to inflict harm, as well as the Kaldiksha one, which was used to bring about death. It's claimed that about 30 years ago, the area purged itself of these harmful mantras and threw them into the Barmaputra River. Within agrarian disputes, some people turn to the power of a local Bez, who sometimes uses a spell to quell the argument. That being said, however, sometimes spells have been issued to kill the other party. Land blessings have also been recorded to ward off harm or accident within the land, and also to increase the harvest. This is quite an important part of the practitioner's skill set, as the area relies heavily upon agriculture. Divination also makes up a lot of the magical fabric of Myong, from aeromancy, the prediction of weather, Bletonism, prophecy by water, catoptromancy, which is the prediction by mirrors, psyomancy, which is prediction by shadows or ghosts. There's also tephromancy, which is receiving prophecies from sacrificial ashes, and there's also psychometry, prediction by handling an object, just to name a few. Yet this all being said, there is a limit to the power of the magicians who live here. They cannot stop the annual floods of the Barmaputra River. Now, every magical practitioner is different in Mayong. However, generally speaking, they have an agreed code of practice, some of which are do not harm others without a cause or for your personal rivalry, do not practice the art for money, do not accept remuneration for curing snake bites, treat snake bite cases with top priority, do not disclose the secrets of the art unless you teach someone. Now just outside the village, near the river, a lot of tantric symbols are carved into rocks, and the area has a lot of Hindu statues that date from the 8th to the 11th century CE. Myong also contains a stone inscription, and at 3.85 meters, it's Asia's longest. Discovered in 1974, it remains undeciphered, a combination of three inscriptions that when successfully read, are thought to shed more light on Myong's mysterious past. The earliest the stone has been dated to is around the 1700s, and it looks like it references Shiva, one of the most important deities in the Hindu pantheon. Another rock on top of a local hill looks like it was carved by sculptors into the shape of a tortoise, for using as a totem in tantric practices. There's a local myth that says a giant tortoise came to the hill to lay its eggs, whereby it caught the divine couple, Uma Mayaswara, in the middle of mischief, shall we say. The tortoise commented that they shouldn't be doing such things. Annoyed, the couple cursed the tortoise and turned it to stone. The curse will only be lifted, it said, when the holy water of the Barmaputra will touch her. Now, Myong Central Museum, founded in 2002, is listed as one of the 10 most unique museums off the beaten path by National Geographic. 
It houses a lot of items relating to witchcraft. Within one corner, it holds a display case containing 47 manuscripts made of paper or birch bark, locally called Sanchi Pat, which contains spells and mantras. Translation of some of these manuscripts is challenging, as some are written in a very old version of Assamese script, dating back to the medieval era, and the meaning of many of them remains unknown. Some of the spells are also passed down orally, and current practitioners are reluctant to share them with outsiders. Now, the village also contains weapons that are worshipped. Archaeologists, after studying these weapons, said that they may have been used for human sacrifice. The villagers claim that the last human sacrifice was conducted in 1975, and the sacrificing of fowls, pigeon, tortoise, and cattle still take place. Villagers have requested help to preserve and explore their history, but they have been consistently met with resistance and apathy from the local government. The Pabatara Forest Reserve is situated within the area and has the highest density of rhino in the world. Tigers were quite common, but their population has dwindled due to the trapping of tigers as a community sport with the help of magic. There's also stories of how villagers turned into tigers, and I stumbled upon a description of how this ritual is performed. So a piece of banana leaf is laid on the ground, then a line is drawn and a fire is made of rice hulls. Another line is drawn with charcoal, and this is repeated so as to resemble the stripes on a tiger's body. Then the necessary mantras are recited, and the tiger aspirant rolls onto the banana leaf. It sticks to the body, and they become a tiger. King Mahasing of Myong, the first king of Myong, according to some groups, could famously turn into a tiger. The Myong Pabatara Festival, celebrated every November since 2011, celebrates Myong culture, heritage, and the community of magicians, with a procession of 101 descendants of magical families. It aims to promote the ethnic traditions of the tribal communities within Myong and the Pabatara Sanctuary by merging the two. The three-day event is usually held in November and showcases folklore and indigenous cuisine. It needs to be mentioned that women from Mayong often get harassed when they emigrate to other areas of India, becoming a target of witch hunts whenever anything strange or unfortuitous happens around them, and it's linked to suspicions around Mayong, leading some women to hide their history and links to the place. People who are from Assam generally report that there is a negative stereotype of Assamese people throughout India. Despite the exotic portrayal and sensational and misplaced claims that Mayong is a place of evil, it's accepted by the local community as part of a bigger picture and not representative of its entire past which locals are deeply proud of. To Rani Kanta Singer, the current king of Mayong, though only ritualistically, has said that there's a lot of evidence to suggest that Mayong was indeed a land of magic, but that's changed today, and his grandfather was the last in the family to practice it. That being said, however, magical practitioners across India relocate to Mayong in light of its history and to add their magic into the local traditions. Could we see a revival of magic in Myong? Only time will tell. And majors, that's it. That is a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. 
My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me? With your support, I can dedicate more time to the mage as well. You can financially support me through Patreon, where you'll gain access to more content and connect with the mage as well community. The link for this is in the episode description. If you're not keen on pledging money for whatever reason, but you still want to support, you can follow my Instagram at the mage as well. You could tell your friends and family about the show. You could post about the podcast. And most importantly, you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is really important. It really helps because it boosts the algorithm over on Apple Podcasts and it draws in new listeners and helps get the podcast out there. Please help me out. This is an independent podcast. It's just me researching, producing and editing. Anything you can do will help. If you own a business and would like to advertise on the show, please get in touch. The show's email is themajorswell at gmail.com. Special thanks to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 